Hey everybody, uh, the, sorry this intro sounds like it's being recorded on my phone via voice memos, but that's exactly what it's doing. I'm in the middle of downtown Fairhope. We just uh, had a run of shows and I um, wanted to get the podcast out to you guys. But on the podcast this week, we have Erin's hot yoga instructor. Uh, her name's Jeannie, and she is a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, I'm very excited for you to hear this conversation and uh, just get inspired by a woman that's been through it and came out on the other side ready to talk about it in a huge way. Uh, a couple of things up top, though. Uh, there is a little bit of language in this one. Uh, it's uh, it's all honest, and it is a it's worth the conversation. But if you are listening around children, maybe um, either teach them some some words or uh, maybe give them earmuffs. Uh, and the other thing is we have an album on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's called go to makejoymonger.com and help us make our new album. We've got um, about nine days left, I think, uh, but it's going really well. Uh, but if you want to get Joymonger early and the first single off the record, go to makejoymonger.com. And if you want to hear even more conversation with Jeannie, go to our Patreon page. It's ojeremiahtalks.com, um, and subscribers get an extra 20-minute uh, conversation with the amazing, wonderful Jeannie. She is, wow, this was a good conversation. So here we go. Uh, Ojeremiah talks about hot yoga, but I promise yoga comes up very little. It's more of a mentality. So uh, let's do it. So, on the podcast, I really do talk about it. Full, full it's not life. just it's not just the podcast, but in life. <clears throat> I think I've heard her tell uh, at least every friend group we have. You've come up. Oh my gosh, Aaron! <laughs> so I'm I'm so really true. interested. Aww, I've and we were cry. so we were at we work at so Niche. Humbling. It's a co working space uh, uh-huh. at the Chase Park Warehouses. Yeah, we oh. we were gonna do it. Yeah, that. yeah. Yep. So Aaron sent me your New York Times article, and. I was crying in the Aww. middle. So I have so many questions for you. Okay. For one, thanks for uh, making my wife so happy oh, every Monday through whatever. If you come, I can make you happy too. No, I, so I've been before. <laughs> He's been a couple of times. I've been. I think so. I actually, you so, look, yeah. So yeah. I've been, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about this, what? but I, I am very not wired for yoga like my yeah, nobody is yeah nobody okay. is and Aaron Aaron gets a completely different thing than I do from it mm. and uh I'm I'm interested in how you would how you would coach me someone that's has very manic tendencies nice because to me I do uh not to be this guy but I do CrossFit <laughs> yes and that is my wheelhouse yeah so because it gets all this nervous energy out right Absolutely. and I feel like yoga is like concentrates your nervous energy and oh, interesting. It, it, or for me, it does. Like yeah. my my brain like goes off like crazy. I think crazy. the stillness freaks you out. The stillness. Is that fair to say? Yeah. 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 But before we get yeah. there, okay, I want to know about your story. <laughs> okay. So you have the most incredible story, and uh, can you can you tell where are you from? I know I I did read the article, so I know that you're from Pennsylvania. So tell me about uh, growing up in Pennsylvania. What did that look like for you? Well, wow, yeah. So I grew up in outside of kind of Latrobe, um, Pennsylvania, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, okay. um, Ligonier, like that area outside of Pittsburgh. Okay. So if you think, did you ever see the movie Deer Hunter? 
No. I don't think so. Oh, now you got something to watch. I uh, know. Yeah. Robert <laughs> I didn't know this podcast was going to have homework. So, uh, deer hunter, you know, it's basically a lot of people who hunt deer. Um, and I would call it, yeah, I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Sure. It was that kind of place. Mm-hmm. How long um, did you last there? Uh, as soon as I could get out of there, I got out of there when I was 18. Wow. Yeah, as soon as I finished high school. Okay. Yeah. And I had big dreams and big goals. And so, and I was, le- I was not, because everybody was getting married and having kids and moving yeah. into a double wide, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. And, and nothing against that life. Right. Um, because I work really hard not to be judgmental today because seriously, like, mm-hmm. actually, these are my peeps, you know, sure. today. Right, um, right. right. Uh, so, absolutely. Do you, when you were going through high school, did yeah. you have this? This like it was like your cage. You're trying to get out, and yeah, I had to get the, out. Is the Northern Star that got you through high school these dreams and ambitions? Yeah. It, okay. So I wanted to be an actress. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a writer, and okay. I wanted to make film, and I wanted to be on stage, and uh, so I had auditioned for Juilliard mm-hmm. in New York City, and I didn't get in, and so I'd gotten into Syracuse University theater program, mm-hmm. so I wow. went there for a year. And uh, I just was fabulous, but I still, New York, I had to go to New York City. And my best girlfriend from high school, Sheila Kelly, she um, was already there and do it in the dance program. And so she got accepted to NYU dance program and she invited me to come and stay with her and, the, have, and I would audition to get into NYU um, theater program. And so I went down to New York City first time staying with her in a dormitory and it's like mm-hmm. in the village is awesome. And I'm like, oh my God. It was that feeling of not only I'm home, but I've arrived. Oh, yeah. sure. This yeah, is yeah. it. It's like, ugh. There's love, nothing like you know, that. Yeah. You can just stand in New York City and feel like you're killing it. Like it's, <laughs> there's nothing like <laughs> it for it sure. It's wild. And it's a great place to also disappear in. Yes. yes. I think so that, it's so cool. Yeah. Aaron has this theory. Like so Aaron, Aaron loves New York City because it's the only city that's anxious on your behalf. Oh, I love that. So well, it, whenever, it, it, yeah. it's anxious for you. Yes, yes. exactly. Oh, I think she, that's why I kind of feel safe there. Yes. She's so confident <laughs> in New York City. She's just like walking. She goes to Starbucks like faster. Than, it's just, it's the wildest thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. She uh-huh. loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting living here. Yeah. Because see, you could take a yoga class. You could be in a yoga class in New York or be in a, anywhere. Yeah, and then you go downstairs, or you go out into the street, and you just disappear totally mm-hmm. into yeah. this mass of people and stuff and things and lights and and then and you don't when you see someone in New York mm-hmm. that you know it is literally like the long lost friend you haven't seen in ten years. Oh my God, what are yeah. you doing here? It's <laughs> right. like, you know, yeah. But here you go to the Kroger, it's like. Oh my God! Hey, hey, yeah. hey! How you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know everyone. Like, oh, I didn't put my makeup on. I didn't put right. Like, <laughs> but Athens isn't a makeup kind of town, sure, which I also sure. love. Yeah. So I'm yeah. from Mississippi, and yeah. uh, the town I'm in makes Athens look like a major city. Like mm. it's such a big city. Yeah. That's why I love Athens so much, is because it has all the things I would ever want. And if it, if for some reason it doesn't have a Warby Parker or whatever, I can just go to Atlanta. But I love. That's true. Uh, yes. See, I love that. 
Aaron and I have very different perspectives on New, on New York. I will say our last trip was you liked it last time. I, I did fall in love with it last time, yeah. but uh, I like feeling like I can go to Kroger or go to any coffee shop and be like, I'm gonna go to the coffee shop and just talk to whoever, whichever my friend is there right now. I love that feeling. Yeah. In yeah. New York, though, I'm we, loving it too. That's see, why I'm here. That's so okay. Mm-hmm. So so you're you audition for NYU, right? And I got in. Okay. And so I transferred mm-hmm. from Syracuse. Yeah. To so that's New York. a big deal getting into NYU. It was a big deal. Yeah. And I was really excited. And I got into the Stella Adler program, who is, she was one of the great grand dames of the theater world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, So you she, wanted to do th- theater over film acting? Well, I or wanted, at least in college? At least in college, okay. yeah. I mean, you, I didn't audition for the film program. Like, I just did theater. And so that was my main thing. Okay. I'd also fallen in love with this boy, it's mm. always a boy. There's, There's always a boy. Boy, good boy. Um, in at Syracuse, and he lived on the Lower East Side in New mm-hmm. York City, between on Seventh Street, between Avenue C and D. And uh, I had no idea about how significant that address would become in my life mm. um, it, over time. But when I arrived in New York, he was like, "Come live with me in the summer. You'll mm. move, you know, um, and stay with me." And we'll hang out with his mom, mm-hmm. um, who was running a play school at the time. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, and he's like, you can help run the play school, and I'll I'll work. And he was a, he had graduated Syracuse from the theater program, and uh, I'll just give him a shout out. Hey, Josh, Josh Pice, <laughs> awesome guy. Um, he's quite a successful actor today. Actually. Oh wow, he's a really awesome guy. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a really good guy. And so. Um, one of the good ones that got away. And we were both like two, we were like, we had this long talk on the stoop in New York. Only the kind of talk you have in New York. Like, just think we're too young to like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to really do this thing and we need to explore. And mm. and so we did that thing, you know? And so he we separated and he got married. And then I found this bad boy and I got married. And it was like, it's just weird how that happened. But yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. um, Living on the Lower East Side there was very, very different. And that was back in the 80s when um, it was nothing but dope and a lot of drugs. And uh, and I was just so anti any of that. Like that was not going to be in my consciousness, you know, or in my world or even in and um, in my deep subconscious. I so was even always, in high school you stayed away? No, from. yeah. I, didn't. Wow, okay. I, I mean, I smoked pot once in high school and like freaked me out. Mm. Um, I did drink a little bit in high school like everybody does, but... Not like, I mean, I had one big horrible ski trip where mm-hmm. I don't remember anything. Um, mm. They were there's scraping me. There's always skis involved. I don't, <laughs> what is that? Your first big time. It just what seems like there's always that? ski. I don't know. I guess like whiskey and skis. Maybe they just, weather. I don't know. Yeah, that's wild. Sitting by the fire. See, I had a very unique uh, high school experience in that I was, uh, I, I don't know if they still call it straight edge, but I had no... You did straight edge? No, no, I don't know. Oh. So, I, I don't know what you... No, so I did oh, nothing. no, that's like a program. Oh, no. So I did nothing. <laughs> so I did, like... I was like the president of the abstinence committee. I was, oh, I was I like the most, like I tucked my shirt in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It That was, was me too. I was, was so like, yeah. my older brothers were both drug addicted, alcoholic hippies. Mm-hmm. I was never going to be So them. my dad yeah. was an alcohol, alcohol, <laughs> was an Alky, alcoholic. Yep. And uh, he told me all the time, he quit cold turkey. And he said, wow. uh, he said, it's the only thing, the only thing that could have made me give this up was you boys, because I have two brothers. And it was super sweet, but I have this 
gene that he because he just quit cold turkey like i come from a family of addicts but we have the ability to quit if we have a reason to i guess um but i guess for me what i'm i did go from doing nothing in high school how do you go from doing nothing to doing to getting to where like like i i don't know how to how to ask this how did how does your perspective shift i guess is where we're getting to in the you know and i'm still unwrapping that lovely gift that keeps Uh, on giving okay (laughs) okay (laughs) like uh it's it's kind of I ask that question. It, I that question comes to me in the form of a why. Mm-hmm. Why did I? Why? When I was so dead set mm-hmm. against never becoming that person. Yeah. That which I became. Which for the listeners was a blackout, pass out, drunk, homeless, alcoholic, shooting heroin for thirteen years in the streets of New York City, homeless, penniless. You know. So that. How did I go from this person full of dreams and promise to, you know, and goals and things I wanted to achieve to, um, to that? And I, the more I look at that and find out I had a really, and I don't blame this because this, because there are people out there who have had a terribly traumatic uh, childhood. Right. Very, very traumatic. And so... When a person comes from trauma and they find an escape of some kind, whatever it is, right, outside the body, um, that medicates that pain. Mm. Mm. Um, but that's, but it doesn't mean that all people with trauma end up addicted to drugs. Right. So you can't say, I can't blame that and I can't use that because I use that as a long time to stay very sick. Mm. However, every single person that I know that's an addict or an alcoholic has horrible trauma. Yeah. Wow. And mine was molestation, sexual abuse as a kid, you know, that wow. went on for a long time. So mm. that's that the, kind of trauma. The minute. So that's why I always say and I'll say in yoga, you mm-hmm. know, we don't ask with addiction. It's like, oh, what's the matter with you? Why do you drink? What happened to you? What's the problem? Blah, blah, blah. So we ask that question, and the and then I stand there like dumbfounded, like oh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. But ask me instead, why the pain? Yeah. Ask me why do you? What's going on? Ask me what happened, honey. What happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I can say, oh, and I can point to, and then how, if you are traumatized, um, and you become an addict. What you're doing is disconnecting because you don't trust the world. Mm. So you become disconnected and that feels really safe and Mm. really good. Did you, when you were in, when you're at New York or NYU, was acting harder than you expected it to be? Like, did it meet your expectation? Because you had this dream that got you through high school. You know what happened is I'm such a chameleon that I I wasn't authentic though, you know, because I was so busy covering this fear of being found out mm-hmm. of my past and my shame, you know, wow. of, so I think I walked around, I think that's why I was such a good actor, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because I could never tell anyone what was going on with me mm-hmm. f- at the expense of, you know, being outed. Sure. You know, little to <laughs> come to find out later, little did I know, um, Sheila, my best friend one day we're sitting in this loft in New York City where after I'd gotten a record deal and was making an album, we were making we were doing all our demos at home. 
and she's sitting there and she's like, you know, I don't know if you ever knew this, but when I wanted to be best friends with you, I went home and told my sister, my older sister, um, that I wanted to be your best friend. And she said, oh, you can't be friends with her. She fucks everyone in the neighborhood. No, no, you can't. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I said, fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she fucks everyone in the neighborhood. And I'm like, I literally, my mouth was on the floor mm. because I was 27 when she said that to me. Mm-hmm. The age. Ooh, that's the rough age. That's, yeah. Well, that's the age of your Saturn return. Oh, is that what that is? That's what that is. So I know that as that's when Jimi Hendrix died. Right. That's when Kurt Cobain. That's Kobe. when their Saturn that's return old I was. <laughs> it's your Saturn return, girl. Okay. okay. You got you got and three weeks left, or you two. Guys no, listen. it doesn't mean you're gonna die. Okay, great. It means your Saturn return means you're you have this path. Mm-hmm. You're gonna p- choose this. And I love. I walked in. You're like. I think my headphones not work because mm-hmm. I was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Oh. I start crying because I remember when I would sit at the piano and rehearse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, sorry, wow. No, no. So you're too. on the right. Mm-hmm. Your Saturn return is. Whew. And I just, I'm gonna cry too. <laughs> I here we are. I just finished some therapy this year, mm. and like literally had a dream about the direction. I don't know if you like, I don't know if you like analyze dreams. I don't all totally, of them, but totally, some of them yes. feel like a real. Yes. What, what is, is it a Kanye song? This is a God dream. Yeah, yeah this is. A, okay. So but when you know, text, I play that was, in the end all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. I love your yin playlist. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But no, that's. Um, yeah. Wow. Didn't know we'd be here today. Great. Okay. So that yeah. Saturn return. And I yeah. remember that moment of, and I was with this crazy boy trying to do this record and trying to fight his addiction. He was a big cokehead and and I was just like, oh, we were married. Um, and I was just, and I literally remember the moment of, oh my God, how can I live? How, I literally was like, how can I live with this knowledge mm-hmm. that I worked so hard to mm-hmm. cover for so many years and everybody knew anyway. Everybody fucking knew anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, isn't that, amazing today i have the you know wonderful hindsight to look back and be like you know everybody knows everything anyway about us really because we're just not that different you know 99 percent of my dna is the same as yours Mm -hmm. you know so yeah did you i guess it is interesting how you can't fool anybody but were you did you know that you were being Disgenuine or in like at that time, like, I or thought, did you I think, think you were killing it? I think I was. I always, always never felt enough. Mm. I always felt like I would never m- must you know um, rise. I would never be mm-hmm. able to. Uh, people had so much. There's so much promise in me. You know, people believed in me. Yeah, and I always so felt, much like untouched. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you guys feel it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you don't. But, but no, like, I feel it all the time. Your honestly. album is, your music is so amazing that, I, and I was thinking back to, because it's very similar. I was married to oh, yeah. the guy we were writing songs with. It was very hard to separate our music life from, I was listening to a couple of your podcasts. It's very mm-hmm. hard to separate our music life from mm. our living life. That's to our number our one. Fun life yeah. to mm-hmm. our, you know, and having space and, uh, 
and his choices were not my choices. My choices weren't his choices. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was a lot of drugs involved. Uh, so that's where our story starts splitting, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we do. Uh, that is our number one uh, conflict: is that it's so hard to separate the yes. two mm-hmm. because we we do the band together, we write mm-hmm. songs together, yes. we do a podcast together, we work together at Niche. Our desks connect. Like so, we used to work out together. Thank goodness that changed. Yeah, <laughs> you like found that. yoga. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I'm I not going to convince him to come to yoga sure. then. Sure. No, 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 I'm I, not going. To. I, no, I'm not going. Here's to. whenever because I comes. want you to have your place. Yeah. <laughs> here's when. Thank you, Jeannie. Whenever, whenever, if he does show up, it's because I'm like, hey, I haven't used my guest pass this month. Can you? I feel like you should come. And he'll be and like, I'll okay, I'll, say, I'll come. Uh, I don't go kicking and screaming. All you have to say is, hey, I want you to go to hot yoga, and I'm like, you sure? Okay, and then I go, and when they, we're going to get to hot yoga, I promise. Your story is so fascinating, though. We're just taking little detours to get me there. Who was the teacher last time, Scott? Uh, Tall guy. Well, I guess they're all tall because they're standing on that weird podium thing. (laughs) It was me. Yeah. (laughs) But when when you're done, 90 minutes later, and they put that white cloth uh, cloth on your face. (laughs) Yeah. He's lying already. (laughs) He only did a six. It feels like four hours to me. He's like, I was in there for four hours. (laughs) It feels like four hours to me. But there is nothing more rewarding than than that putting the thing on. uh, There's nothing. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I found a chapstick that smells like your towels. And it gives me a boost of confidence every time I use it. Oh, I love it. That's the smell of That's lavender. That's the smell of lavender. It's yeah. like a lavender coconut situation. Oh, nice. Mm, it really nice. does. You know, like, scent really does, yes. like... I was like, did I just leave yoga or do I just feel great? So I'm going right. to take us back to New York if that's okay. okay yeah. yeah, please. So okay. so you're in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you, you're, you're a year into the NYU program. Yes. And then I'm working in this restaurant called Central Falls, which is this really fancy, fancy restaurant in Soho. Um, where all the Saturday Night Live crew came oh, after yeah, their yeah. Saturday Night Live parties. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was, this is how I was killing it, if you want to call killing it. Mm-hmm. I was waiting on the rich and famous people. Okay. You know, and I was like, and so I just thought I was one of them. You know oh, interesting. I mean? Sure, just yeah. assumed that character. So you probably took a lot of pride in that job. <laughs> <laughs> and that was when, um, and that was when I found this, this uh, waiter in the back. Um, he was waiting the back tables. And motorcycle boots, hair down to his ass, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to, I have to say his name, Shelby. He was in the back, um, and I was like, oh, my God. And and Josh and I had, like, done our, you know, we were, like, separating, and he was going to do his thing. I was going to do my thing. I met mm-hmm. this boy and in the back of the restaurant. I was like, oh, perfect bad boy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and not that I made that decision then, but mm-hmm. I realize now that um, I was going to, like, fix him or save him or something Mm -hmm. and uh so i met him and he was doing a lot of coke and everybody was doing a lot of coke in this restaurant so at the end of the night we would close and then we would stay late and just play backgammon oh weird and do coke and pull down top shelf whiskey that was like the owner wouldn't know and then we'd put water back in it Mm -hmm. oh my god how crazy it was like it was like it was like a hundred dollars for a mm. shot of this shit. Yeah, and, and you just put water in we it. We just yeah. One time I got a whiskey yeah. at uh, Outback, and I was convinced that it was mostly water. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Is, is that where you worked too? No, no, no. At the Outback, <laughs> I like the Outback idea though. No, that's yeah. Uh, that's probably where I would end up though. That's okay. No, I couldn't even keep it together to end up in an Outback in the end. But so how long did you stay at the restaurant? I was there until Shelby. He had a band, 
And I've gone to one of his rehearsals and he like pulled out the keyboard and I got on the keyboard and we just started singing and playing and I was in his band and da da. And he's like, I'm moving to London. And I was like, okay, but I like you. And he's like, come to London with me. So mm-hmm. I left school. Oh, wow. wow. I went to London. Wow. I joined this band. And Did um, you kind of like this guy? And you loved the idea of London? Or did you really I love just, this guy? I don't know. Okay. It was just like, go to London. Mm-hmm. I, I think I thought I really loved this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did really love that guy. Um, you know, he was very, very sweet boy. But very fucked. Um, but enough to to like leave this this yeah. dream. To... I, but I also thought like join a band. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's get in a band. Sure. Shit, yeah. Yeah. You know? Like because it sounds like yeah. you didn't necessarily need acting to be the thing. You just you yeah. had this voice that yeah. you think... and I and yeah I and I was writing songs with him. Then all of a sudden I was like, wow, I can really make right. my put my words. And we wrote all these songs. We were doing all this stuff. Okay. And he had he had all these songs and. He was just so cool. He lived in a loft downtown. He was a painter. He'd gone to the Baltimore School of Art. And it was just a side of life that I hadn't been, I'd heard about, I was interested in, you know. Like, you know, he was into the Velvet Underground. Oh, so, so cool. He was just so cool. I mean, I remember when he played me The Gift by the Velvet Underground. Have you ever Mm, heard that? uh, Probably. Well, it's just he's talking. Oh, okay. They're They're just talking. Just, you gotta listen to the gift. It'll okay. blow. You might, in fact, I'm not even gonna tell you because it'll ruin the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he played me the gift, and when you see how sick this song is, mm-hmm. you'll see how sick and fun I thought it was. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, until it, it's it's a wild wild tune. Um, I don't even call it a song because it's. But you know, it, someone it, should take that and make it rap and like it, do something. But do it something. transported you. Yeah, I was like, this is a whole side of life that I have not it's like when I walked into a young room it's a whole side of life I was like what the hell is this Mm -hmm. This but it was unhealthy Mm -hmm. and then you know I mean I did coke with all these people from Saturday Night Live all these people you know was auditioning for films because some of the people coming in were like um uh you know, able to give us opportunities. There was me and this kid, Brian, um, and we were at NYU together and we were getting opportunities to like audition for things. And, um, but then when Shelby was like, I'm going to London, that's what I did. And we went to London and when I got there, so he had gone first and I'd hooked him up with a girlfriend who was living in a pub, upstairs of a pub. And um, and I went to, you know, met him there and I was like, oh, Something's very, very wrong here. First of all, I'm sure he was fucking her. Second, sorry, I can't say it. Stop saying that word. <laughs> Second of all, um, I'm I was sure he was doing heroin, mm. Mm. and I was like, oh man. And they smoke it over there. They chase the dragon on tinfoil, right? So they, and they also do that with hash. Mm. And so I was freaking out because I was like, oh my god, you know, I was so frightened and. It was just really, really, really freaky. And I remember then, that uh, it's like a couple months later, we were putting this band together and we had the bass player like brought me into to like, like I wasn't really part of the band yet. And then I got part of the band. I was working in a shoe shop on the King's Robe, um, making 12 pounds a day, 12 quid a day. Like that was it, like like slave rate wages. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and we had no money and it was really really bad and then the bass player was a coke dealer and so then we got started doing all that and then we went over to his friend's house and they started chasing the dragon with what i thought was told was hash it wasn't hash it was heroin mm-hmm. and i was like it was the first time i did heroin i was like Oh my God! So the first time you did I, heroin, you weren't even sure that's what you were doing. I didn't know it was heroin. Wow! Yeah, they didn't tell me. Wow. And I remember like going home that night and the dreams and the experience of I was like, "This is it, this." Mm-hmm. You know that I was so like at home in my own skin, at peace. Like finally, this turned off. Mm-hmm. Like it was like. Wow. Whoa. Totally separated from ego. Oh, not just, and and this wild colors and dreams and and my skin was itching so badly, like I had to take the hairbrush to like, his opiates make you itch, and then I would vomit, and I would like go back to sleep and dream, and I'd get up and I'd vomit, and I go like it was just, and it went on for hours and hours and hours. It was like tripping. It was like, you know. It was unbelievable. It was even better than tripping, though. Like, it was... Because there was this extra layer of of calm, you know? So, I've, I've listened to you tell the story since you've been heroin for, like, two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I can tell this can't last long. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no way yeah. a human being can feel <laughs> that much for long. Thank you. Isn't so, that the truth? See, you're normal. So yeah, how an you, addict is like, how do I get that again? And more, 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 more. So yeah. how yeah. how how long can you do? How long does it start feeling like freedom and start feeling like a new cage? So what happened was we were able to what I call weekend warrior it for a long time. Oh, so you could like spread it out do, for a long time mm. because we knew on some level we knew um, that first experience. I didn't have heroin again for a while because coke was the big thing and uh it it was like heroin was considered at least in this circle we were running in in london um and plus the the bass player's roommate was a junkie Mm. and so and an older junkie and he was a junkie for years and he was really, really, really rich and his parents took care of him. And they actually take care of you in London when you're on, even if you are a junkie, they actually send you like ampules of morphine in the mail. Oh, wow. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. At wow. least back in that those days they did. I okay. don't know if they still do that. Um, but we also lived in a flat where in Finsbury Park when we were squatting at one point and the guy upstairs, um, we, he would get... Uh, we'd go to the mailbox and there'd be a whole ampule, a whole box of, and it was stamped from her queen, the majesty. <laughs> well. Crazy. And, and just ampules of morphine. Yeah. Um, in fact, he robbed us a couple times when my dad sent us some money, which is actually why we got married because we needed money. I oh. mean, yeah, we, we needed money. And on my um, wedding certificate, it says that he's a bachelor and I'm a spinster. Like wow. previous status to being a wife, I'm a mm. spinster not a bachelorette and that was kind of like that moment was like spinster yeah what this is so wrong like what are we doing coming out of the back of a van climbing over a drum kit in a black dress getting married in a black dress that i thought was really cool oh wow not cool was Mm. not cool Mm. you know Mm. yeah so you so at i guess 
you're so you're in London. Yeah, we get married. You get married. Mm-hmm. So this is second marriage. Listen, no. I've, can I go to the bathroom really fast? Sorry. Yeah. You don't have to. Well, yeah, I guess you could pause it, right? Uh, do you want me to? Are we going to keep going? Sorry, I'll listen. <laughs> I love it. Go, go, okay. go, go. This is because she drinks so much water because she's, because a, she's a yogi. She's a hydrated yogi. She's a yogi. Yes, she is. So I had the same problem. D- yeah, for sure. Got to go to the bathroom all the time. She goes to the bathroom all the time. Yeah. Uh, Keeps your bladder good, though. She does. Um, so tell me. this. So it's you not got, my second marriage. So I Josh was the first love. For some reason. I, okay, got it, got it. Got but it. we didn't get married. You didn't get Shelby married. Shelby was That's right. okay. first and last marriage. Um, and he, so we we basically ran our life into the ground there as far as. In London. Yeah. Okay. We And we just couldn't get arrested. You know, we were playing <laughs> like, we were playing clubs out. We were playing. And back in that day, it was like, it was the Thompson twins. It was this sort of like, you know, alternative uh techno scene yeah that was every because sampling was just beginning to come on the scene okay you know and so the scene was very it was just weird it was like skinny tie bands yet at the same time this weird like techno thing happening yeah it's wild like the that was such like the golden age of really great music and we just didn't know it then you know at that time i think it's annie lennox says that was and that was with Annie Lennox and what happened with the Eurythmics coming on the scene, and that was the time we were on the scene and the Thompson Twins and all that, and that moment of being able to sample music was the mo- was a, a a moment in time where they look back at huge shifts like the Industrial Revolution. Hmm. That that moment of being able to record a sound, you know, and reuse it. Yeah was without having to bring the violinist in say changed everything changed everything yeah. everything everything and everything s- part of me wonders There's no internet yet yeah part of me wonders if it was better before then but we're making our next album in this room this oh our, i love it and we couldn't do that love it if it wasn't for that yes. thing you know what i mean like yeah. technology is this this big yeah blessing this huge curse and it's just how we navigate it we couldn't have a career if it wasn't for i i don't think in like you could it would just look different yeah Yeah. sure you would be relying on you would do what we did which was throwing the drums in the back of the van you know getting the thing lugging the stuff you know it would just look different because where you would instead of like getting your chops here and getting and like being able to we record it over and over, which yeah. is how we made our demos. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. We had an Akai 12 track like back in the day. Wow. Yeah. They bought us all this gear, the record company, when we finally did get a deal. Um, but we would sit there and, you know, just, you know, make, we made all of our demos at home. And I feel like my demos are better yeah. than the album. Mm-hmm. Our album was 48 friggin' tracks. Holy Hooked smokes. up to 24 tracks. White. Wow. White. I know. Wow. So it's a wall yeah. of sure. sound. It's so much sound. It's like, what is going on? You can't even hear. It's just so much sound. But that was yeah. the thing then, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. More is more, man. And I think that's my that's the hardest thing whenever I'm tracking. I'm just, Aaron is always like, you don't need to have that. You don't need to put that in there. And I'm like, but it's freedom. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and yeah. it's going to make it. But after a while, you're like trying to, 
you know, which is why I love music today. It's that everything's being stripped back now, mm. pulled yeah. back, pulled down, you know, like, and you just see like, you know, for lack of a better example, Mumford and Sons, you know, yeah, there's just sure. like a banjo and a friggin' and I love it. I it's, it's relying on now you're relying on, you know, like music again mm-hmm. yeah in a weird mm-hmm. way you're not relying on tricks well i think it's it, yeah. it yeah. went so far this way uh-huh. it's got to come back at yeah. some point you yeah. know i feel like you were about to say something yes mm, i forgot it's cool. okay it's uh okay so we're in london so we're in london and we basically get this job in this um restaurant where we're waiting tables waving tables and we're saving money in a book under and we're living way out in, i don't know where we were living camberwell green um and with this irish woman and uh and her little girl and we're in the back, and we're doing good. We're not doing drugs. We're not doing anything. We're just working our butt out because we know we got to get out of there, or we're going to mm-hmm. be deported. A lawyer has our passports because this manager was trying to finagle a way to keep us there. And um, and then the word came down we're getting deported, and if we don't go, you know, they're going to deport us, and they deported us. So, oh wow! So and then it was everything to just get the money, get the passports back from the lawyer because he was like i'm not giving them up i'm gonna we're gonna keep you here and we're like, give us a friggin' passports so we're out of here and then we left and we went and lived with shelby's parents who lived on an island in um florida off the gulf coast of florida called north captiva north of sanibel captiva which is actually where shelby kind of grew up down there um on the barrier islands and we lived there for a year that was only accessible by boat or plane and we wrote all these tunes there we just mm-hmm. wrote and wrote and wrote and then of course drugs came into the scene again because it's a barrier island in florida mm. in the 80s and then it's cocaine time sure so and it had an airstrip it had oh, a wow. little airstrip mm. so stuff was being flown and then we just it started to get bad again and i was like shelby we got to get out of here we can't live here you know we just can't do this i loved his parents um dearly i'm still in touch with his mom oh wow um and uh she's and and you know the family i just love her dearly and she's been a real champion to forgive me for a lot of nonsense that happened on that island as well as his sisters and um stuff like that so anyway um we moved so we left there we got a drive away you know when you get a drive away what do they call those today uh like some people will put their people will move to say california and they don't they want to fly mm-hmm. and they'll pay to have someone drive their car. Oh, okay. So we got a drive away and we got in a car and drove the car and to live with my mother now. So then we live with my mom in San Diego. And then we got another drive away to move back and live with my dad in North Carolina. So we were doing the family thing cuz we were busted. We were broke and the whole time we're writing tunes, like writing okay. music all around. We go and live with my father in North Can Carolina. Can you give me an age what you are probably around this I'm time? I'm probably This all is happening from 20 so I'm 21. I got married at 21. 20 to 27. Okay. Wow. You were getting it in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Doing a lot. Yeah. Um, to 27 when that thing happened in the loft. So yeah. then we go back. I'm probably 25 living with my dad. And we make these tunes on a Fostex four track. And we, we I think my dad bought us the four track. can't remember if, or if we had it. We might have bought it in Florida. I can't remember. But anyway, we're making these tunes in the garage. So we have the echo of the garage, you know, because we've got no reverb. Right, right. you know, I you know we're just like playing direct into the thing, trying to tweak it with really bad, like, you know, uh, trying to make the guitar sound cool without an amp. Right. Uh, so um, we uh, made these tracks and we're like, okay, we're just going to blindly send them out 
to a hundred record, hundred like as many record companies as we can find. We're going to send out little Fostech, you know. We mm-hmm. mixed them down to cassettes, and we're going to send them out blindly. And we sent them out. We got two hits. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And I sat there with a little because there's no computer to make graphics on, you know. And I sat there with a little, and the name of our brand band was called Head for Tall Trees. Mm. And so we're we're making the I'm making the graphics and make taping it on with little little tape onto the cassette sending them in and Arista Records called and um this guy and John Mervos and um Chrysalis Records subsidiary of CBS at the time is no longer around so CBS so Chrysalis and Arista mm-hmm. and Bruce Dickinson worked at Chrysalis and Bruce and and John and then they come down because we were making and they give us money to and we're working with we start working with a guy out in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere in um, Durham, in, in Chapel Hill, wow! In a log cat in the in his basement, Steve Grombeck, and we're making these, and he's helping us make these demos because we got this bite, and we told him we had this bite, and he's like, "All right, come on in, and we'll I'll work on spec, and we'll, you know." So John Mervos, Bruce Dickinson come down, and they start courting us, and um, they meet Steve, and we make these demos, and they end up talking their, you know, bosses into um, signing us. And so then there's a bidding war, and then we get these managers. And so at the time, we got a $300,000 record deal, which at the time was huge. Mm. That's still huge. It's, it's yeah. pretty Any huge. record deal at this point <laughs> is huge. But now that we yeah. do it all by yourself, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 There's no more of that. Just like in the theater world or the television world, which I'm in now, um, there's there's uh, they expect you to just like write your whole television series, mm. do your whole album, write your whole book on your own, um, with no money, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and I'm in a place right now in my life where I'm like, you gotta pay, you gotta pay. Yeah. Or I mean, not for my own personal work, but if I'm working on other things, like we, we, my friend Vanessa and I are working on this television show right now, and we're like, yeah, we gotta just, we gotta before we do more work, we gotta make sure that we have someone in our corner at least to be able to shop it and get money, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's it's really hard. That's it's what hard, yeah. that's what's tough for us. It's because it's like you don't. I don't know. It started out, I was frustrated because it's like someone has to help us. And then a switch flip for me where it's just like, oh, no one's going to help us. Let's just do it. Let's just do whatever we got to do. <laughs> Almost a spit take. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, You're so right. Because it, No one's going to freaking help you. Because it's like, because the arts in our culture, in our world, in our Western world are not respected. And, and they mm-hmm. don't understand. Oh, you want to make some music, honey? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to write? You want to? You know? No, man. Like, I don't get me started because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like this is your salvation. You yeah. Know? I mean, and I, I will say the cool thing about it for us is that I do think that we are in it for the salvation aspect of it and not the glory aspect of it. So also, everyone's doing it. You know. So I like, don't know about that, it, Aaron. It, it, when you start to run yeah. in that world, like I feel like everybody's doing yoga mm. because that's my world. Mm-hmm. It, and then you get out and no, people are like, what's yoga? That's true. So remember, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, yeah, rem- no, it's okay. not everybody's doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. if you start thinking that way, then it's like, because I think everybody's writing a book. Yeah. Or everybody's right. I, I do think that. And yeah. I really think everybody's doing yoga. And then I'll have a new newbie. And I'll be mm-hmm. like, or like, I haven't been to a concert or be, uh, like a show in so long. Sure. Yeah. That I would be like, just, I don't know, just because I don't go to bars much. And it's so late for me. Yeah. But, but 
I'm like, you know, and I'm always threatening to go. Um, and, and like, I need that extra, like to be pulled into the yoga room to be, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think for us, it's, that's a conversation. Aaron is such a noble bird in that she's like, quit emailing managers. She does yoga. That's why she does yoga. She's like, she's like, quit emailing <laughs> no, this, this manager it's or true. this producer. We don't need them. Like, stop asking people to get involved with this. We have everything we need. And I legitimately could not get over that until Aaron was like, you got you got to stop sending emails to people. Come, like, we'll get the stuff. We'll make the record. And, it, and it's been the most joyful thing ever. Yeah, because now you're on, you're, you're making the conscious choice daily to get up and do your work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than, at, you know waiting for someone to come along right, and right. now mind you you're gonna need those people of course at some point yeah and but at this but with our world today and you're doing the patreon and which is awesome um and in our world today we can ask for help but it just looks different yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know it just looks really different yeah and to know that you have everything you need is I hate everything is yoga, but everything is yoga because you start to realize that by chasing it, all that energy going out there. And there's also a thing of that where we got really lucky sending these tapes out at the time. It was just like my writing teacher always says, Francine Volpe, she always says that um, there's there's life and we should they can't see (laughs) i'm doing pictures with my hands guys anyway so your life is going along you know like this like just and then like on the bottom like a graph on the bottom and then the world is going along you know and things are happening and popping off and then eventually what happens is it intersects so you're like Mm -hmm. going this way this is going this way and when that moment happens um that's when right it's going to be the time Hmm. So when the when the when your message lines up with what the world needs, hmm. explode well, right. Wow. And so wow. she would say to me, you know, it's not luck. It's not. It's it's literally like. And she's Italian, and she would say like she would help me with my writing. She would say it's like adding. It's like making the sauce, making the <laughs> Italian sauce. Right. You make every Sunday. You make the fish sauce. You got to make the sauce. And she said. If you get all hung up in the idea that there's not enough salt. Oh, my gosh. The manager didn't call. I didn't get the reply to the email. Mm-hmm. It's not enough salt. Oh, my God, shoot myself. No, just add some more friggin' salt. Do you know? It's like, so it takes I know it, we were going to have church. It takes it out of that judgment, <laughs> right? It takes it out of oh, the I judgment. Know. And the, yeah. like, and it stops setting yourself up for hurt. Totally. Yeah. So every time you send that email to the manager who's like kind of yeah. just basically not replying. Yeah. Yep. It's one more mm, and, and it's one more dagger yeah. in the heart. And in this world, it's like just keep doing your work and it's going to explode. Yeah. It's, I just know it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got what we needed out of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So I think I I can't. I can't let. uh, I can't let you leave without us talking about yoga. Okay. Because we're because we're we're nearing the hour and we haven't even started talking about. Oh man, we haven't finished the story though. I know. So so get me to. Okay. Okay. Really quick. So we get the deal. We get this deal, Mm -hmm. and they move us to New York, and they move us to New York, and they find a record producer in L.A. We go to L.A. to make the album. 
Mustang. What? Mark, wonderful producer, but again, drugs. Mm. Fucked up. Long story there. Yeah. But 50 days in the studio. I'm rock solid. We do have these weekend warrior things with Coke. No dope. Um, Make this album. Uh, Come back to New York. They get us a loft. They hook us up. They know we're kind of spinning out on drugs, the record company. Everyone's trying to help us with therapy and stuff. And um, all of a sudden, we meet this drummer guy. Um, uh, I forget what we called him. Um, Cowboy Ricky. And uh, he Obviously. was he was our he was our drummer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and he was doing dope. Mm-hmm. And for we started snorting dope with Cowboy Ricky. And he was also dying of AIDS. It was AIDS time then too. Whoa! And um, it was a lot of just a lot of drama with that, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of horror in New York, a lot of people shooting up, a lot of people dying. Um, and so, and then again, we uh, we had reintroduced to heroin after a long time, and that was like, that was the beginning of the end. And we literally said to each other, me and Shelby, "Oh my God, this is the cure for our coke habit," because mm. we oh. stopped doing coke. And the Coke was so expensive, and this is only 10 bucks a bag. Like, this is so, mm. you know? And then before you knew it, it was on. And mm. then he basically started pimping me out, and things got really bad, and things got really ugly. And, uh, and so this and, is like as bad as it this, it, is, this like- is, is. this is our bottom. This is my bottom, like you would think was a bottom, but there were many, 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 mm. many more. Mm. We, we call it bottoms with trapdoors. Oh, wow. More and more and wow. more. Wow. And um, so I thought I hit bottom and then I'd hit another and then I'd hit another and I left him and I found this beautiful human being, Michael, who was my significant other for the last 30 years, um, who recently um, died, not from addiction and he was never an addict, mm. um, but from, he died from uh, a disease called like ALS. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently he died here in Georgia. Um, but he was sort of, I called him, I call him my enabler. And then he became my disabler because he kicked my ass to the curb. He's like, get out. Like, this is enough because we mm. lost apartments. We lost everything. I ended up in the Chelsea Hotel. And you can read this story in the New York Times. Oh, um, I've read it several yeah. times. <laughs> um, and then and then uh, ended up in the Chelsea, lost everything, ended up in treatment because I was on methadone. I finally had to get on methadone because I couldn't support my heroin habit anymore. And... Uh, and lived in the Chelsea Hotel for a couple of years, where literally I again was like, I've arrived. Mm. Because this is where all the great rock and rollers were. And this is where, mind you, I'm a junkie, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like in, the, in with bed bugs, infested. Mm. So then that was the end of the end. And so 2005, I got thrown out of there because I had lit the bed on fire. Um, and they finally were like, it was a cigarette, out. right? Yeah, I nodded okay. off with a cigarette yeah. between my legs, burn, or yeah, mm. covered mm. in track marks, a lot of abscesses, a lot of problems. And so that was the beginning of my journey um, to getting sober. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't in my mind, I wasn't really done. I was like, I'm not getting off methadone ever, I had all these ideas. Um, but as I got into treatment and I was finally safe from myself, like I would have these moments in this bunk bed where I would look up and I'd be like, and I would literally pray to God because I'm so mm. grateful to God and the higher power today that I've cultivated. It's not a very different God than God, God, whatever. Sure. But yeah. yeah, but whatever your God is and, you know, everybody's got it inside. And and I would just pray to my God to keep me there. Although every day I would try to fly out of there because sure. I, I couldn't fly, you fly to freeze. Because you your tendencies. I, yeah. yeah, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't breathe. 
Yeah. Couldn't mm-hmm. sit still. Mm-hmm. Anxious. Couldn't. And uh, so when I got out of there and I had all this pain from shooting dope and everything, I, um, I, I decided to try to, maybe I could do this writing thing. Sit still enough to write. Write a play about my life or something. Try to get back. And I moved out of there. I moved in with an old girlfriend um, who I was actually directing her one-woman show. She's a comic. Vanessa Hollingshead, she and I got back together. She was actually drinking. I didn't really know. I mean, I knew, but I wouldn't let myself know. Mm -hmm. We know. (laughs) Uh, But I'm like, she was my ticket out of Samaritan Village. And she was offering me the ticket. And I was like, so I, and I couldn't go back with my boyfriend. They wouldn't let me because he was my enabler. And um, with my, that was Michael. Mm -hmm. And so, um. I moved in with Vanessa for six months and tried to get her sober. She took me to Francine, the writing teacher. And the mm-hmm. writing teacher was like, you got to go to Bikram Yoga mm-hmm. because you can't focus. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean I can't focus? Mm-hmm. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't mm-hmm. take a note. I couldn't hear critique. So then I ended up in yoga. So that's how I got to yoga. Mm-hmm. Okay, long story. Try to get that. <laughs> that was, <laughs> we made it. No, that's good. I really appreciate you walking yeah. me through that. It's so different hearing it from you because, and I have, I have more questions that that I'll save for the the Patreon part. Cool. Uh, so tell me, wh- as someone who can't focus a lot of the times, what is it about yoga that brings you back to ground zero? Like how do you like? Because I do love hearing you talk about yoga, but you make it sound impossible because I don't have the passion for it that you do. Yeah, I didn't either. No, I no, I know, it. but I still you don't. make it. it I'm being honest. It's, but you yeah. make it sound so achievable. Mm. And for the people that don't know, hot yoga is, it's 105 degrees, uh, you're in a room full of a bunch of people, and you're doing these these postures and stretches right. at what feels like you're on the surface of the sun, and <laughs> you're just like drowning in your sweat, yeah. like it's like you're in a giant's armpit. Humidity. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> And you, and somehow in that, you're just like, I don't even care about heroin anymore. I love, it. but after yes. a long journey, right? After a long journey. So, so. What is it that got you there? So this is the, like the hair of the dog that bit you. Um, It's really uh, the thinking. So it's like anything for the addict or for the anxious person, Mm -hmm. the person who's OCD or for really lazy people too. Mm -hmm. Really lazy people I find it works really great for. Mm -hmm. Um, People in the middle, I notice don't really hang around. People who can do like CrossFit and swim and jump and do other things. But it's people who are like way over here, way over here, Mm -hmm. because it brings us to the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, It regulates self-regulation of Mm -hmm. the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. But what's really happening is the resistance of what you're talking about, feeling like you're on the sun, feeling like yelling, people yelling these commands at you. Like, what the freaking, why are they... like lock your knee. I'm locking it. Can't you see <laughs> that part of the body, that part of the brain, that screaming? Like, why are you yelling at me? Why it feels so personal? It feels like, you know, it's it's. I don't know why it's different with a trainer in a gym. You feel like, oh, well, this is what he tells everybody. But there's something about the heat and in that room mm-hmm. where everything starts to feel very personal, yeah. and everything starts to feel like very um. Like I just want to defy it. Mm-hmm. I want to be non-compliant. I want to like throw my water bottle at you or I want to like give you the finger or I want to be like, I don't want to do this or I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So it quiets that resistant part of my junkie brain, mm-hmm. which is very loud, Yeah, yeah. which is that part that was held down against her will in mm-hmm. her trauma as a kid mm-hmm. and who wow. couldn't scream. And so I feel like I'm back in that place of being held down mm-hmm. and I can't scream, but here I can scream. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not screaming in yoga, but I'm like, oh, like I can, I can, I can be in that place and process it all mm-hmm. without having to sit in a chair and be with a shrink and relive it over and over. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. the difference between a yoga practice and talking therapy, mm-hmm. the idea of talk therapy is that you're going to tell your story over and over and over again um, and till it has no power over you. And I find that that is nonsense. Hmm. Um, the more you tell your story over and over, like like just sitting here, my back is a little tense, I'm a little tight because I'm telling my story, right? So it's like, oh, so what? What is going to release that vice-like mm-hmm. feeling? What you know? So you're you're making these shapes, and you're using the resistance of your body and the resistance of your mind to bring your brain back, so that you can think like, oh, that's not happening right now. That mm-hmm. happened when I was seven. That all that's happening right now is yoga on my mat. <laughs> like I can have, and I can reframe that trauma as a kid and I don't even have to leave here and tell anybody about that experience that I'm going through I mean it could be the fight with the boyfriend that morning or the husband that you're reliving over and over by the end of the class you're like what fight mm-hmm. you're able and you have a new frame and a new compassion for the person you had the maybe it was a text fight maybe it was a and you're like oh my god it's so stupid like like the fact that you've conquered this, which is, I'm telling you why Aaron has the ability to be like, don't, don't send the email, man. Like, don't, mm-hmm. like it's, it's this idea of it's okay to just sit mm-hmm. and be still and wait. Of all the things that she has, she, so I do think that our marriage has, cause I, I used to think I had it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think marriage is a really great uh, blessing in that you find all mm-hmm. your shortcomings and I welcome them. Right. Erin, mm-hmm is the best at bringing me back to ground zero and she does not identify with her job no matter how good she is mm, it's so fru- it's yeah. so frustrating to yeah. me how good yeah. she is and oh. how she's just like yeah i don't even care like because yeah. it's more important to her that we sit on the couch and watch friends reruns and are nice. present together than than yeah. i get an email response from this manager yeah. or whatever yes and I love when she comes home from you. I don't think you've ever come home from yoga and it not been the best thing that's ever happened to you. Right, right. So Every awesome. time she comes home from yoga, she's like, oh my God, you will not believe. And I'm like, yeah, you did the same poses. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> no, and you have a new experience every time. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, I tell my artists too, like bring a notebook in there, mm. you know, and a pen. Like, because if you get an idea, like, or a song idea, and then you'll leave, you'll forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Immediately, because... I worked in one yoga studio where they had a big, we just don't have room in our studio. Jolyn would love to do it. Mm-hmm. Put up a huge chalkboard or a, or a, mm-hmm. where you come out and you just write what happened, yeah. like what came up. Yeah. Like, like it's not that important. It doesn't matter or what, you know, or like you come up with a great song idea or, yeah. or a song title or a book chapter or, you know, a television episode, whatever. Yeah. Like it comes and then it'll go so fast I because know. that's that sixth chakra opening which is your third eye yeah that sixth chakra is the um the spot of intuitive thought your inspiration and it'll close so fast and there's only that moment of open so there's all of this and that's really what yoga is yoga is removing the blocks to see your soul i will Mm -hmm. say yeah every time i do yoga i think i've done three times at fuel hot yoga yeah 
It, I can't think of anything. I can't visualize anything that symbolizes detoxifying more. Yeah. Like getting out all the bad stuff. That's right. It's, so it's that way the good stuff can It's about elimination. It's not about getting stuff. It's it, about eliminating. A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, and and I, I think, I've, yeah, I think that's why I feel so free afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm being totally honest with you, this podcast means so much to me, but and on a personal level, I... Because I've been coming for like, I think almost like a year now. And for so long, it was my New York City and that I tried to slip in and slip out without being known. She and can't I, do that. And, can't do it. and I knew as soon as I asked you to be on this, I was like, I'm going to be known here. Yeah. But that's okay. No, like I can. You really know because we play your tunes okay. all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for so long, I tried, it was, it really was like, I was like, oh, I don't like, no one needs to know who I am here. Like I can just like slip in and slip out. I know that but, about you. That's why I yeah. always call you. I was yeah. like, Aaron, I know. Aaron. For a I while, know. I was like, I couldn't remember your name. Yeah. And I was like, why can't I remember her name? And I'm like, and I know enough, because mm-hmm. I know how I am. Yeah. Um, I know enough. She didn't want me to remember her name. Yep. Yep. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I know enough. I mean, you know, and like, it's like, I'm learning that girl's name. That sounds and so way trivial. Back. Yeah. That, way like, back. I could imagine a listener hearing that and just calling BS on that. I know my <laughs> wife so much, and there has not been so a truer true. thing to be said on this That's podcast. So true. I, like, <laughs> I have never heard that spoken so. Like, that makes me cry. Like, I'm like tearing up right now. But she's that is. She's so humble. She's one of my most humble students. She tries every single posture. She never gives up. She never gives up. And she doesn't care. She really doesn't care. Like, it's not about the result for you, right. which mm-hmm. is really hard to teach, you know, yeah. stay out of the results, stay out, no expectations, no, like, she's, she's able to wait. Mm. If yoga has taught me anything, is the ability to wait. So you're trying to do a backbend and your spine just isn't ready. Mm-hmm. Like that, and this is why I get so tired of all that. Let it go, <laughs> let it go. You know, you may not be ready. Yeah, to let it yeah. go, especially going through this grief with the loss of my man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm holding on for dear life right now. Sure, and I really know what that means to like just like I'm holding on. You know, with both hands. There's no like mm-hmm. letting go. And when people are like, let go. Like no, actually. You, who am I to say let go? It might be you need to hold on mm-hmm. for, for dear life right now. And that's totally, wow. totally okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> by far the best conversation we've had on the podcast ever. I, uh, so I want to, can thank we, you so much for doing yeah, this? Yeah. Thank you for I'm doing so this. So honored. Even, thank you. I'm like still amazed that it's happening. Yeah. It's weird that you're in our apartment right now. I've heard so much. You, and I will say this. I can't I tell really if I'm hard... in the past, the present or future right now. Like I'm, I'm very so like, honored you asked me. I'm like, what? Well, so, I so I have a really hard time with expectations being met. Mm-hmm. I had a very high expectation for this. <laughs> And oh. I'm still blown away at how I, I could not wrap my head around how 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 much you were going to impact I, us like today. Every every it, well, it's any class with you. I'm just like, oh my goodness, she has so much to say. I just know it. <laughs> and then you sent me that New York Times article, and I was like, yeah, like what? I like, she's even like the best writer ever. But like, I yeah, this is bonkers. But yeah. how crazy yeah. is it too, Aaron? That mm-hmm. like, I always have felt this thing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do try to hide out. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I've always felt this thing like, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be the quiet wallflower in the back of the room. Like I always wanted to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always also felt like, 
if I wasn't up front out there like lying about myself, like trying to put a face to everything so people wouldn't find out who I was. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to be that. And so in my yoga, I gravitate to the people who are trying right. to hide out right. because I, I always feel like I love that you are okay with that. Mm -hmm. Do you know, like I want to be able to be more of that, but your practice is not a hideout. Mm -hmm. Mm. You don't use the yoga to escape. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Mm. It's like another addiction a lot of times. So mm. I have to be careful. Like, what am I here for today? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes I just, I show up so I don't have to make any decisions, you know? Yeah, nice. Like so that someone oh. else can. Oh, I love that. You know? Yeah. That was yeah. a big. I came for, so I, my, my first class, my best friend brought me. I've been with Katie a few times. You've probably, yes. but she, um, she and I did the ath half a couple years ago and she, before we moved here, we moved here three years ago and I'd been to a hot yoga studio in Mississippi. It was, it wasn't like awesome, but I had experienced it. And you I know was, our new teacher is from, loved it. really? Uh, which, which studio? It was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Oh, I don't think now. Yeah. It yeah. closed down before we moved, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but we're, we're, what part of Mississippi? She yeah. Found? That's unusual. No, I can't remember. That's mm. okay. Who is I'm it? I'm from Laurel, uh, originally. It's Amber Young. She was teaching her. in, um, I can't remember. What's the big city in Mississippi? Jackson? No. Biloxi? Oxford? Oh. No. no, maybe it's not <laughs> Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Montana. No, like, maybe it's an M. It's some M state. Okay. No. Yeah. I, you, I don't you think know. Minneapolis? But. No, uh, what's the other one? Not Birmingham. That's oh, that's Al Alabama. Oh. I'm from Alabama. That's crazy. Birmingham. I might. What Bur I you know, Birmingham, Mississippi. Yeah. That one. <laughs> that's New York City, Mississippi. Um, yeah. I'm past geography. Mm. <laughs> well. Not well, so we much. we really do appreciate you coming on this podcast. Well, I, have, so I have more much. questions I told you for the Patreon. Too much, but no, let's do no. the Patreon podcast. Yeah, okay. you, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> just keep going. You, uh, thank you for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank is, you so This much. was more than incredible. Do you want? Okay. Wait, do we need to do anything else to wrap it up? I don't we wanna, do. We I, need to plug Feel Hot Yoga. Oh, yes. yeah, we need it. to plug how I bring yoga to yes. drug addicts and alcoholics through a nonprofit called One Posture at a Time. Yes. And so, if you're out there struggling in Athens, Georgia, and you're like me, and you're like, "There's no way I'm going," you know. At 105 degrees, scar tissue melts too. So that's like a really big thing to know. Oh but all gosh. of our classes are not 105. Hmm. You know, like the vinyasas, mm -hmm. only 98. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's, oh, it's nothing. And um, the yin is not hot at all. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and a lot of times what I do in treatment programs is I meet everybody on the floor because that's kind of where we're, we're growing up from again. Wow. You know, we ended up on the floor and... We're going to start back on the floor and we're going to build mm -hmm. this thing back up. So, and I teach in different programs and we have a free four o'clock yoga class every Saturday at Fuel at 398 Foundry um, behind the Classic Center every Saturday. Always check the schedule though because sometimes things go a little wonky, mm -hmm. but it's a donation-based class. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have money, just come, 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 come. Mm -hmm. It's We need you more than we need your money. I love so, that class. It is such a... Um... Drug courts mandated there. It so is... if they don't come, they go back to jail. Whoa! Wow! Mandated yoga. There's such a uh, a power in that class, like of, it just feels different. Yeah, it's a cool class. Yeah. Can really you is. thank you? So yeah, most yeah. of our listeners are actually not in Athens, though. Okay. Would you? Or I wouldn't say most. Like there are some of our. What would just you go say? Just go to a hot yoga. Go to hot yoga. Yeah. You know, and any any yoga is great. Yeah. Just beginning to quiet the voices in that brain, and like Aaron just said, allowing someone else to be your brain. Mm. 
especially if you're creative. You know, especially if you're, well, everyone's creative. Everyone is creative. Yeah. But what I mean is, especially if you're trying to make art. Mm. Yeah. Um, because to get to that place of, I was just listening to someone the other day was like, oh, that woman who does brain pickings, Maria Popova on On Being. Do you guys ever listen to On Being podcast? No. Kristen Tippett. Okay, there's another like homework. Okay, okay, write yeah, yeah. down. Yeah, Kristen Tippett on being on NPR. It, it's like my church every Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of it. On yeah, being, yeah. and go go to her website. She, um, in fact, she always starts every podcast with the same question, which is, "What was your spiritual upbringing? Mm. How wow. were you spiritually raised? Wow. Like, yeah. what's your, you know, what?" But um, she uh, she was talking about Maria was talking about how the most creative time comes when I'm brushing my teeth vacuuming and she's like you could argue that that's moving the body mm -hmm. but it's also where you're taking off your brain mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if you're taking yeah. off your brain not trying to mm, muscle it now you can't do that in your mixes and your edits and your rewrites sure. so you got to yeah. bring the brain back but those immediate intuitive creative thoughts you know you got to go to yoga you got to bring notebook you got to write it you got to write it down yeah 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 yeah. Okay. That's we love good. you. Love you too. Thank yeah, you so, so much. Glad you're here. It's awesome. All of my pretty friends moved to Los Angeles and now they only visit in my TV screen. They get their picture taken while I'm on the couch and thinking I like watching them more than I like watching me. Freeway and they're so pretty They just float up into space My GPS says paradise Is some hotel off the 405 Where no one sleeps And they shower in champagne I'm gonna find some kind of heaven Even if it kills me Pennies, but only if you sell some of yourself.